Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Our guest today is Anthony Armada. He is the Executive Vice President and Chief Transformation Officer for Generations Healthcare Network in Illinois. Now, previously, he held executive roles with AHMC Seton Medical Center, Verity Health System, Providence Health, Advocate Health, and Henry Ford Health System, among several others. In March, Tony was named the 2022-2023 Chair of the ACHE Board of Governors. His long history of volunteer service includes the American Hospital Association, several state hospital associations, numerous city chambers of commerce, and the American Heart Association. Now, he is also past chairman of the Institute for Diversity and Health Equity Board and the recipient of numerous awards and recognitions, including three appearances on Modern Healthcare's Top 25 Minority Executives in Healthcare. Tony received his master's degree in hospital and health administration and in business administration from Xavier University and a bachelor's degree in human medicine from Michigan State University. And he is, of course, board certified as a fellow of ACHE. So, Tony, with that, welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Thank you, Eric. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and congratulations on your role as chair of the ACHE Board of Governors. So with that, we'll start with a little bit about your career journey. So what attracted you to the healthcare field? And then maybe what are some of your, your proudest accomplishments? So I, uh, I actually was born and grew up in healthcare. Uh, my father was a physician. My mother was a pharmacist. All my siblings are all in healthcare. So whether researchers, physicians, nurses, and, and myself in healthcare administration, there's a passion in the family about healthcare in general. So I did my undergrad at, at, to achieve a BS in human medicine and medical technology and actually started out in healthcare as a midnight shift medical technologist. I wanted to acquire higher education and it was pivotal to choose the clinical path or be in a path of servant leadership and pursue healthcare management. So growing up, I always loved teams, I leading teams, loved and very passionate, this whole aspect of servant leadership. And after my master's, I started as an administrative resident and never looked back. And it truly has been such a humbling journey. And I'm thankful and grateful for the opportunities I've been given to make a difference in all these years. Um, my proudest accomplishments, uh, one of the things that's important and I'm very passionate about is uh, advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion. So in the mid-2000s, there was actually an ACHE survey that basically said that the Asian Americans were the uh, cohort that least took advantage of, uh, of coaching and mentoring. And, uh, uh, and to that regard, several of us uh, in the Asian healthcare leader community uh, created what's Asian Healthcare Leaders Association back then, which is now the Asian Healthcare Leaders Community as part of the ACHE we recognized that Asian American healthcare leaders were one of the least engaged cohort when it came to coaching and mentoring. So we focused our energy towards development plans, networking, and continual learning. And of course, uh, my other proudest accomplishment is I'm humbled to be the chair of ACHE for 2022-2023, being the first Asian American chair of ACHE and a capstone of my 31-year membership to ACHE. And I would never have achieved it if not for ACHE being there for my whole career. 
Well, let's talk more about that. You just mentioned it, the first Asian American chair of ACHE in its 89 year history. And you talked about some of those experiences and some of the innovations. So from your experience um, and what you hear from some of your colleagues, what are some of the biggest barriers to Asian Americans and other diverse leaders moving into senior level C-suite management positions? Uh, I, I think there are, there, are, there are several barriers that's been shared with me and, and I've experienced myself, right? I think uh, the, the first part is the whole notion of stereotyping and unconscious biases. Uh, I think uh, for certain diversity candidates, uh, sometimes we're pigeonholed or, or put into a particular place or situation in, in certain areas where you know we could do a lot more, but people just kind of have this picture that Hey, you know, they will be good for clinical, they would be good for this and not necessarily for uh, higher executive level positions. I, I, I think uh, there, there's this uh, uh, notion that uh, uh, leadership gaps or skill gaps are very important. And, uh, and, and so those can be overcome, uh, especially with, uh, uh, with membership to ACHE and all of the different educational platforms that we have. I think one of the things is, uh, is having a... Uh, uh, mentors and sponsors uh, in in the organization, right? That's very very important, not only from a learning standpoint, but getting some feedback on how you're doing, what you need to do, and more importantly, how do you improve and understand the organization. And then, lastly, if anything else, is uh, again making sure that uh, uh, we have uh, in we have uh, consistent and adequate DEI measure goals that is understood by everyone so that everybody gets a fair shot with equitable and inclusion in their organization. All right. So you mentioned DEI goals there, and we've talked a lot uh, on this podcast. It'd be great to get your perspective, just talking specifically to leaders here and maybe giving some advice on how they can develop a more inclusive and equitable culture in their respective organizations. Well, yeah, I think uh, um, the biggest thing for anything relative to inclusive and equitable cultures it's really being able to understand the why and make sure that that is discovered and aligned within the organization. The why should be clearly articulated and consistent with the organization's purpose and mission, right? You know, whether it's optimizing customer experience or understanding underserved market segments or improving uh, per- key performance, there, there are several things that can be helpful, whether it's uh, uh, really a thorough show showing of commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's also important that we promote a culture of respect and inclusion in your organization. There's a lot of barriers in in organizations, as you can imagine. So examining and breaking down those barriers, understanding, talking to the population, talking to different segments, making sure that, you know, through that conversation and through those learnings, you modify policies and practices so that it's more consistent with the why and becoming more equitable and inclusive. You know, there's there's ongoing learning that always needs to be committed to within the organization. And as long as we keep the lines of communication open, we share the stories, share the wins, share the understanding of why inclusion and equitable is so important. It really makes makes very easy then to take away those barriers and and that organizational culture then becomes more inclusive, more equitable. Well said, Tony. Another thing here impacting the healthcare workforce continues to be high levels of exhaustion, burnout, and turnover. So you're just giving um, some advice there for leaders regarding building culture. Uh, What about the role in supporting staff and reducing the burden, but then also 
love to get your thoughts on this. How can leaders themselves sort of prioritize taking care of themselves, making sure that they don't experience the same burnout? Well, I, I, you know, so these days it, it is a very, very difficult environment mm -hmm. coming from post-COVID, understanding all of the different uh, uh, pieces that are, that, are, that are affecting leaders. It's really very, very important that, you know, that leaders are taking care of themselves, right? I, I, I said that in, in, in my speech when, when I took over as chairman, that this whole notion of health and wellness is very, very important for leaders. We all are leaders because we have been given a chance to actually perform as leaders uh, in our fields. Most of the time, though, we lead, but not necessarily by example when it comes to our health and wellness, right? And I, and I can't stress enough this whole notion of well-being and stressing the point that you have to take care of yourself before you be, you're going to be able to take care of others. How does that occur? Whether it's diet, whether it's sleep, whether it's uh, talking to someone and bouncing off uh, uh, different ideas or, or different problems to a solution so you're a lot less stressful relative to situations at hand. I, I, I would say that for everybody, we are never alone in dealing with what we're dealing with in healthcare as leaders. And therefore, you know what? Be well, be safe, talk to people, listen to people, but more importantly, encourage your heart and, and, and lead with your heart in order to provide that empathy and compassion to those we serve. Hmm. And we are, well, here we are where, you know, we're bouncing ideas off each other right now. And one of the ones, um, I want to pick your brain a little bit on where we're talking about recruiting. What advice, and especially here as we're, we're, we're leading through the recovery from COVID-19 here, what advice do you have for executives that are trying to recruit new talent into healthcare leadership? Well, clearly there's no substitute for cultural fit within uh, recruiting talent uh, for, for, uh, for leadership. I, I think organizations need to stress that they are very committed to growth and development of their leaders. Uh, and I also think that organizations should be emphasizing, as I said before, work-life balance in their, in their organization. The recruitment and retention strategies are more important than ever right now. And, and both of them, not just recruitment, but also retention. And, uh, and I think uh, there's a lot of excellent candidates and a lot of talent out there why are they going to work for you? Because you're the best place to work in practice. Hmm. So on the other side of that coin, then, what advice do you have for the emerging healthcare leaders at this critical time in their field? So uh, I, I, I reflected back, and uh, as I reflect back in that question, I, I, I refer back to a book I read that basically uh, talked about four agreements, right? So my, my message is this, number one, be impeccable with your word, right? Your words matter as a leader and every word counts. And so how you message, how you talk to people, how you empathize, how you communicate is very, very important because your word matters. The second thing is, you know, don't take these things personal, right? It's not personal. We have a work, we have work to do as leaders and we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and taking care of others, right? We need to understand the situations. We need to deal with uh, the, the, uh, the work at hand. 
but there's nothing personal in anything we do, or at least you shouldn't be taking things personal, right? Because you don't have control in a lot of different things that is happening, not just the limited control that you have, but a lot of the other things that you're out of control. Third thing is don't make any assumptions, right? You know, make sure you really are understanding the issues that you're dealing with and talk to people, learn from people, don't make any assumptions and and be very, very precise in terms of exactly what you need to do to get the work done. And the last thing is always do your best, right? Because if you're always doing your best and who, who, who can fault you, right? You know, if there's any vulnerability in what we do, it's because, you know, sometimes we're not at our best or sometimes there's things that didn't come our way, right? But you got to look at yourself and say, did I do my best? And if you always do your best, you cannot look at yourself and say, you know what? I screwed up or it was a bad thing because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. There's failures. There's things that we can learn from. And you know what? You get up, you move up and you do your best all over again. And of course, you know, I always then end with and take care of yourself first so that you can take care of others. Tony, great advice. Uh, let's close here with with kind of one final thought and a couple of questions. You know, we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that you are ACHE's chair here in 2022. So what are some of the issues that you are committed to addressing during the rest of your term? And I guess then what has energized you the most? What are you most helpful, hopeful about when it comes to the healthcare field? Well, I, I think one of the things, of course, as, as I, I started earlier, is I'm really, really excited about our work in DEI and the advancement of, of that journey. As you know, ACHE has been committed to DEI for over 30 years, since 1968, right? We just learned so much after post-COVID and, and what's happening with DEI, with health, health equity and, and, uh, and inclusion. And, uh, and I think I want to work with our board and work with our partners out in healthcare, you know, to go and advance DEI to be the trusted partner and provide best practices with organization, in some respects, similar to our pathway to safety with ACHE and IHI. I really think that we can point strategic initiatives so that we can register monumental impact and not just incremental impact uh, in, in DEI. One of, one of the other things that I'm, I'm very hopeful about our field and about leadership out there is, you know, in the last several months, I've been able to visit a lot of our different chapters and meeting a lot of our chapter leaders and meeting a lot of our members out in the field. We all know that our chapters are our heart and soul of ACHE. And I'm very, very encouraged with the talent, with the commitment, with the passion of the leaders that I've met through these chapter leaders and chapter uh, chapter visitations. And uh, and I, I, I will tell you, you know what? I mean, we have a platform at ACHE to be the preeminent association to make our members great, right? And uh, and at the same time, I've seen and met a lot of our members out there. And so we are going to be in good hands for many years to come. And I'm just so excited to be part of ACHE. I'm excited for the wonderful things that ACHE is doing, whether it's our education platform or our networking or the different classes and faculty that we have. Uh, I, I think we are in for a wonderful time in healthcare for the future. 
Well, that is great to hear. Uh, Tony Armada is the Executive Vice President and Chief Transformation Officer for Generations Healthcare Network and the current ACHE Chair. Tony, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you so much. What a privilege to join you today. And I want to thank all of you for listening. And of course, we'll catch you next time right here on the Healthcare Executive Podcast from ACHE. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast, brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ACHE.org. Thank you.